Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Long Live Hollywood Podcast. My name is Aaron. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. God bless you all, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. How are we doing, guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen? How are we doing? I hope everybody is doing good out there. I hope everybody is happy. I hope everyone is healthy. And I hope everyone is financially blessed. I really do. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Let's begin. Episode 58 starts right now. All right. Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter, ladies and gentlemen. Have you seen the new trailer? What are your thoughts and feelings? I thought the trailer looked absolutely phenomenal. You got Aaron Taylor Johnson playing Craven. You got Russell Crowe playing the father. And it also looks like this movie is going to have some pretty good performances, too. You know, especially from Russell Crowe. When you think Russell Crowe, you think movies like Gladiator. You think movies like Cinderella Man. Movies like uh, American Gangster. I thought he was pretty decent in that. He wasn't that good in Body of Lies. Um, wrong casting choice, in my opinion. I don't know too much about Craven as a character in the comics. I do know that Craven is one of Spider-Man's enemies. And if I'm not mistaken, guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Craven and Black Panther fought in the comics at some point. That's what I've heard. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Let's talk about this guy. How do you guys feel about Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven? What do you think? Outside of Kick-Ass and outside of Quicksilver, I really haven't seen this guy in anything else. I think he's a really good actor, but I haven't seen him in anything else. I just know him from Kick-Ass, and I know him from Quicksilver. Going into this trailer, this Craven trailer, I had a feeling that he was going to be great. And the reason why I say that is because Aaron Taylor is in the conversation to play James Bond. That's what I hear. Right, guys? James, uh, Aaron Taylor may be the next James Bond. And to be considered for a role like that, you have to be something special. You really have to be a really good actor. Craven the Hunter. This film looks really good. Such a really good change, too, from all the superhero movies. We've been getting superhero movie after superhero movie after superhero movie. Very rare these days. Kind of uncommon do we get a film about a villain. We did get Morbius which was not, it was okay. Most people didn't like it. I thought it was all right. My biggest problem with Morbius, I have a lot of problems. One of my biggest problems was the directing. Jared Leto as Morbius, I thought that was, I thought he was really good. Matt Smith as Milo, you know, the bad, the evil vampire. I thought he was good as well. Literally everyone else outside of of those two actors were either average or not good at all. Very little backstory, a teaspoon of backstory, a little pinch of backstory, not enough backstory. Morbius has never been on screen, ever. The common person does not know who Morbius is. 
So this character needs all the backstory in the world. Give us some backstory. Story, story, story. And they did not give that to us. Uh, going back to Craven, one thing that I like about the film is the tone. Really serious tone. Uh, they're not going for anything jokey the movie doesn't seem jokey it doesn't seem like it's fun for the whole family obviously it's rated r it doesn't look like your standard marvel movie which i like really good action it looks like in this film really violent bloody barbaric we saw craven biting what looks like the nose off of somebody which was really shocking little to no CGI in this film. Usually in Marvel and DC films, there are a lot of there's a lot of special effects, a lot of CGI. In Craven the Hunter, there's little to really little CGI. The only CGI that I could make out was at the end of the trailer with Rhino. And uh, this looks good. This looks absolutely good, man. This looks amazing. I cannot wait for Craven to come out. Craven is coming out uh, in October of this year. All right, it's review time. It's time for my review. This movie was announced way back in 2016. It was supposed to come out 2019. And then the movie got delayed and then the pandemic happened and the movie got delayed even further. Now the movie is finally out. Finally out. Is it better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Is it as good as Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, and Raiders of the Lost Ark? Ladies and gentlemen, this is my review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is directed by James Mangold and it stars Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Antonio Banderas is in there, and Mads Mikkelsen. He plays the villain, the Dial of Destiny. So this movie has been getting a lot of mixed reviews, a lot of terrible reviews, some positive reviews. The the the, the most positive score that I've ever seen was a 9 out of 10, which was insane. So did I enjoy the film? It's kind of a mixed bag. A mixed bag of not-so-good things, if I'm being honest. Sometimes the movie is fun. Sometimes the movie is boring. It kind of almost put me to sleep. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes the movie is okay. You know, it's all right. I'm having a good time. And sometimes the movie is pretty good. Kind of kind of really good. That's towards the end. So let's start with the performances. Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford, at this point, I think he can play Indy in his sleep. He came back to Indiana Jones the same way that he came back to Han Solo and Force Awakens, as if he never left. 
He can still move. He's pretty athletic still. I don't know how much of his own stunts that he's done in the movie himself. I'm assuming that uh, a lot of the fast action, a lot of that Tom Cruise style fast action, that was probably a stunt double. But a lot of the normal stuff, I'm pretty sure he did himself. You know, he can still jog. He can still uh, uh, climb, (laughs) I guess you can say. He can move pretty good for a guy his age. You got Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who plays Indy's uh, goddaughter in the film, Helena. And she is also Indy's sidekick in the film. Whenever Indy's around, she's around kind of a thing. You know, every single Indiana Jones film, Indy usually has a sidekick of some kind. I have heard people say that Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character was not needed in the film. I wouldn't go that far. I do like Helena as a character. And she does have significance in the film. I mean, Helena is Indy's goddaughter. She's family. She's not somebody that's simply just there. It's Phoebe Waller-Bridge for me. I do think that uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge should have been... That role should have went to a different actress. Now, don't get me wrong. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is a really... Is a pretty good actress, I think. I did enjoy her. And Fleabag, not the biggest fan of Fleabag, but I did kind of enjoy her in Fleabag. I just think Phoebe is just out of place in this film. I would say Emily Blunt should have been Indy's uh, goddaughter. That's a good choice. Emily Blunt should have been in this film. Antonio Banderas, he does have a few scenes in this film. Like Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I did find Antonio to be a bit out of place in this film. A pretty good actor, but just out of place in this film. And now that I'm thinking about it, guys, I just had a thought. That's how I feel across the board, really. Every single actor in this film feels out of place. They seem out of place. Every single character could have been played by better actors. Most of the characters, I would say 95% of the characters, could have been played by better actors, I think. Not a big fan of the casting choice here. I do not like the casting here. Mads Mikkelsen as the villain. I can't remember his name, the villain's name in the movie. I'm looking at the name right now. I just can't pronounce it. Mads Mikkelsen, uh, usually he plays really good creepy characters, really good um, villains, those kind of roles. In here, he was just okay. He was just all right. He didn't steal the show. Whenever he was on screen, it wasn't... um, It wasn't scene stealing. He was just okay. The story is pretty straightforward, just like any other Indiana Jones film. This time around, Indy is trying to find this treasure, this this device, if you will, that can literally change the course of history. 
It's uh, a very fascinating device. Just like any other Indiana Jones film, this movie opens with an action sequence. It opens with a bang. However, I do feel like the introduction to this movie was a bit underwhelming. It was a bit boring. It's a scene with young Indiana Jones, younger Indiana Jones. We're not talking Last Crusade, Indiana Jones, you know, when he was 16. This is more like maybe, I don't know. I think you've seen the trailer, you know, with the, with the CGI, that young, Indiana Jones. And like I said, the, the opener was really, it was a bit underwhelming. I wasn't really on board with the film. Truly, until... We got to current Indiana Jones, 75-year-old Indiana Jones. That's where the movie truly started for me. The movie is a bit long, two hours and 34 minutes long. I didn't feel it. It didn't drag to me. I wasn't constantly looking at my phone, seeing what time it was. I wasn't really getting restless in the chair. Kind of, you know, just like, I'm ready to go. Never had those kind of feelings. I did not think the movie had pacing issues of any kind. I thought the story was told in a very steady manner. It wasn't too fast. It wasn't too slow. I didn't think any scene dragged too long. I didn't think any scene was a little too quick. Everything was just about perfect, like in any other Indiana Jones film. The action is a bit of a step down this time around. It's still fun. The action is still somewhat, uh, it's still fun. Okay. But it's not that, it's not that edge of your seat fun. You know, it's not that Temple of Doom fun. You you look at any action scene in Temple of Doom, you're, you're on the edge of your seat and you are thoroughly entertained. It's not that, at least for me. I didn't get that kind of feeling watching the action in Dial of Destiny. All right. uh, This movie is kind of violent. (laughs) Kind of violent, folks. Uh, Let me talk about some of the deaths here. Uh, No spoilers. What I mean by deaths, I mean, you you watch Temple of Doom, you watch Last of the Crusade, you get an action sequence, and people die, right? Maybe Indy punches someone off a bridge or something, and that person falls to the crocodiles, right? Indiana Jones movies always had a level of violence, which is not a bad thing, guys. The only reason why I'm bringing awareness to this is because Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is technically a Disney film. You know, I'm, I, I was thinking that the violence was going to take a drop, for the sake of it being a Disney film. That's all. And there are certain people within these action sequences that do die kind of shocking. <laughs> I remember there there no spoilers. There was this one guy that uh boy did he get it. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. That was kind of insane, especially for a Disney film. Yep, he's not going to make it. Okay, so how's James Mangold's directing? 
could this movie be better if it was directed by Steven Spielberg? Yes. Yes to the second one. I think it could be a lot better if it was directed by Spielberg. James Mangold's directing. Uh, he can do some pretty fun action scenes. Some of it is fun. Some of it is a bit underwhelming, which is kind of disappointing to say. Because James, he did give us Logan, the movie Logan with Hugh Jackman. I mean, if he, if he can give us Logan... Indiana Jones should not be a problem. You know what I mean? Indiana Jones is not it's not a Batman movie. It's not a, a 007 movie. If you can give us Logan, for God's sake, Indiana Jones should not be an issue at all. The writing is pretty good. The cinematography is pretty good. Soundtrack is pretty good. Soundtrack is good. Again, the actors, the choice of actors. I do not like the casting choice for anyone outside of Harrison Ford. I think everybody, every every character could have been played by better actors. So anyway, I don't think this movie is trash. I don't think it's god-awful. I don't think it's garbage. I think it's disappointing. It does have its boring moments. It has its fun moments. It has its really interesting moments. I do like that the the second half of the movie a lot more than the first half of the movie. But the second half doesn't really win the entire... It doesn't really win me over, you know? It doesn't really overshadow the first half and now i'm calling this movie a really good movie the second half is just simply more interesting more a little bit more entertaining so do i recommend you guys go out and see this movie in theaters spend some ticket money i would not recommend you guys spend full price on a ticket and uh i wouldn't recommend you guys to see this movie on your one day off of work let's say you've purposely took a Tuesday off because you wanted to see this movie. If that's your plan, don't see this on your one day off of work. You enjoy that day. I will see this movie on a Saturday, a day that you're guaranteed to be off. Don't take a day off of work to see this movie. It's a waste of a day off. So on a rating scale from one to five, five being the best, I'm giving Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny a 2.5 out of 5, guys. 2.5. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the episode. Episode 58 is done. Thank you for listening. Thank you for stopping by. I really appreciate that. Thank you for listening. How you doing, guys? What's up out there? How you doing? What what you doing? What time is it over there? It's 7:25 p.m. over here. What time is it where you live? It's been pretty rainy out where I live. Kind of wet out there. We were supposed to get thunderstorms yesterday. We didn't get that, at least in my territory where I live. Love the rain. Love the evenings too. 
turn on some soft music. I'm a big fan of lo-fi music. Big fan. If you don't know what what, what lo-fi music is, it's basically uh, it's chill music. It's hard to explain. It's real kind of it's chill. It's soft. Next time you're on YouTube, type in lo-fi. L O F I lo-fi soft music or something you know type in lo-fi soft music or lo-fi uh chill music and click on something take a listen lo-fi is great for bringing down stress if you deal with a lot of stress lo-fi is perfect for that lo-fi helps you sleep it makes for a good lullaby really good soft calming music and good music too there's a lot of different versions of lo-fi there's jazz lo-fi there's piano lo-fi there's um if you're a big fan of anime you know anime soundtracks there's lo-fi version of soundtracks lo-fi version of uh, just about anything you can find lo-fi on music platforms like spotify for example i want to say just about any music platform that you can listen to rap you can listen to country r&b pop i'm pretty sure you can find lo-fi as well i do have a couple of playlists that i've created one of my playlists is really 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 soft lo-fi that's sort of my sleep playlist that's the lo-fi that i use to sleep and then i have a a playlist that is slightly upbeat, upbeat lo-fi music, music that you can almost dance to, if you will. That playlist is, uh, that's kind of uh, anything but sleeping. I listen to it while I'm walking, while I'm driving, just about any time except sleeping. I usually listen to soft, really the softest lo-fi while I'm sleeping. I listen to a lot of lo-fi. I would listen to, I'm not even kidding. I can listen to 30 tracks in one day. I listen to a lot of lo-fi. And they're usually really short tracks too. Lo-fi tracks are usually, uh, the lo-fi tracks that I listen to are usually no more than two minutes long. Just about. I've never really listened to anything that was five minutes they're usually two minutes, maybe 60 seconds, maybe two and a half minutes. I listen to a lot of lo-fi. I love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for me. This is episode 58. Until next time, guys, thank you for listening. That is a wrap. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for tuning in to the Long Live Hollywood Podcast. My name is Aaron. Be safe out there. Love each other. Do nice things for each other. And good things will come to you. I promise you. Take care now. Bye-bye.